It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between, we'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. If I were to go for the jugular and talk about the the rumors and nastiness about her, well, let me do that. You know what? You want me to go there with her husband? I can go there. Don't. With me. Okay, tell her to off. Tell her to fuck off. What's up, folks? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan, and this is your Friday episode. We had five episodes this week. Some might say overkill. I mean, probably everybody would say overkill, but listen, I had to come back today. Usually I'll be doing four episodes a week, but... I have not done a solo recap of a Bravo show in a hot minute because of everything that's been going down this last couple, uh, this last month or month and a half or however long it's been. And then this Real Housewives of Salt Lake City episode, episode three, is just, was just incredible. I mean, truly a magical episode and especially those last 10 minutes. I mean, it's magic. I don't want to compare it to something like The Godfather, but it 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 felt like The Godfather. It felt something. It was really and what a comeback this show has made because I felt like uh, at the end of last season, the show was stumbling in certain ways. It was it was handicapped, and I don't mean uh, I, I wasn't nervous because Jen Shaw was going to be gone this season. I was, but but is there enough? And I think there is enough. There is enough baddie shit going on with these ladies. I mean, there are secrets. There's intrigue. There's stuff going on that I have. There's stuff going on that I don't even think Meredith knows. I mean, it is so bizarre. It, I've always compared Salt Lake. Uh, if you've listened to the recaps, I always think of it kind of, you know, the, the thing that sets Salt Lake apart is that it's, the foundation is religion, right? Is that they're all the religion is the thing that sets, I think Salt Lake city apart, whether it be the Mormon religion, Jewish religion, there's a lot of different religions that are involved in this, but it also feels like this fever dream. It's like David Lynch directed a housewife show because you'll have merit. Like yeah, the rumors and the lies. it reminds me of the little person that used to be in Twin Peaks. Do you remember that show, Twin Peaks, that David Lynch directed in the 90s? And he'd be like, tracking backwards. And that reminds me of Meredith Marks. And then Meredith, all of a sudden, through a Madonna British accent, of like, you think that is what's going on? It's not, sir. It's not good, lady. She did so much accent work in this. I was truly, truly, truly impressed. And I want to say... I am going to tease these ladies in this show, but it comes from a, a loving place, believe it or not. These shows give me great joy, joy as they do you, I'm sure. Uh, and I just, I don't know what the hell's going on because I needed to talk this out loud with you guys so I could, um, 
I can figure this out because I am so confused. What do I, the Meredith Angie K thing, first off, Angie, congrats on making it to a second season. I did not see that coming. I think you were right place, right time in a lot of ways. And in some ways it's fascinating because Angie's going way too hard. She's going way too hard in the paint. It's like, slow down, Angie. Like, don't, I know you're insecure, but you don't need to go this tough, this, this quickly. You know, like there's just a lot. Uh, I, I sometimes wonder why she's throwing everything up against the wall. It's like, we need you there. You're going to be okay. But I'm just confused about so many things. And of course, this this whole episode, what a chef's kiss to end with literal piss coming out of Heather Gay. Literal just piss and puke and I'm sure a little poopy. But it, <laughs> that'll be in the never before seen Peacock edition. Um, so we're going to recap this entire episode. And also, I know a lot of you guys were up in arms when Mary Cosby was announced that she was coming back to the show. And I understand that. I understand that Mary is uh, an acquired taste. I understand that she has said very problematic things. But I, I, I also have to say they use her so sparingly that at this point, it's kind of amazing where she'll just like say something completely rude and oblivious. The ladies act like they don't really hear it. And then they just go on. And it's kind of the perfect use. I'm like, this is this is kind of ingenious in a way. It's like a speed bump. It's like the when you're bowling when you're a kid and they put those like bumper rails up and it protects the ball. Like, you're, you know, you automatically don't get a gutter ball. I think Mary is these protective speed bump rails in case this season was just going to be nothing. You could like throw to Mary and she would say something batshit crazy and everybody would be like, oh, Mary. I think so far she is very much needed. I'm so curious to see what they do with her. And I don't, you know what? I'd be okay if they didn't do anything with her. Obviously we're not going to see her husband slash grandfather. I don't think that's going to be a part of this. In fact, the first two episodes, Mary comes straight out of the gate and says, Oh yeah, I think also my son's married. And the producer's like, well, why don't you ask him? Like, Oh, you know, we'll get to it. And it's like, wait a sec, you think your son is married, but he still lives with you? Mary was also kind of this ingenious character in the sense that most of her scenes were solo scenes. They were one woman shows. She would talk to that mannequin in her closet and that was kind of, you know, Mary would do scenes with the mannequin or the housekeeper that she was sort of related to <laughs> so messed up. You guys, another David Lynch type character in my, in my estimation. So how are you guys doing? Are you good? How has your week been? Are you enjoying the show back? I know it's a lot, but thank you so much for tuning in every day, tuning in. Oh, thank you for downloading every day. And remember, you can listen to these at any time. You don't need to listen to them day and date. But what I hope you get from them is maybe a silly laugh. Maybe you learn something about pop culture, learn something that's going on that week. And uh, you can impress your friends with the insane knowledge <laughs> that I have. I did a couple of interviews today that you'll hear next week that I was really happy about. And it's been really interesting. And to be honest with you guys, I mean, just because, uh, you know, my mom passed, I guess it'll be a month today on Friday. And it just feels like uh, um, it feels like a lifetime has passed. It's very weird. I talk to my dad and my sister a lot, um, especially uh, after all of this stuff. And, you know, we all check in on each other, which, by the way, I think my sister's going to come on briefly next week because she actually started watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City from the beginning just to check it out. And her thoughts 
Uh, her thoughts are pretty damn funny. I'm going to read these to you at some point, but she's going to come on to clarify. And she usually doesn't watch these shows. So I didn't even ask her to. She just did, which I thought, well, that's really sweet of her. I don't even know if she did it for me, but she she had, she had strong opinions. But it's been uh, it's been. It's been a crazy, a crazy time, obviously. And uh, I got out to New York last Thursday and it's been great. This week has really kept me so busy. And I think going from doing very little besides grieving to all of a sudden doing so much at once, it kind of caught up to me last night. I, I got a little, I got very uh, sad after dinner and I kind of, uh, you know, I woke up kind of angry about everything. And I don't know exactly, you know, I think sometimes with grief, you don't specifically know why you're angry. Of course, the obvious answer is, you know, you, you want, I want my mom here. Um, but I think it's that anger. And it's also the anger of not being able to, uh, not being able to heal this quicker in a sense, if that makes sense. And I know everybody's like, well, it, it takes years. It takes a lifetime, all of that stuff. But I think what frustrates me is the little things that I keep forgetting of like, oh, uh, I got to text my mom this. Oh, oh, she's going to get a kick out of this. I still have those thoughts so constantly that it, it frustrates me because I'm like, wow, that's a simple thing. You know, you can't text your mom. Um, so I kind of woke up in a bad mood, but luckily I got to come over here to the Betches offices and have a couple of great conversations. And then I took notes on Salt Lake City, which got me angry in a whole nother way, because keeping up when you have a good episode, it's really hard to take notes on a good episode because you're just having to rewind play, rewind, play. Like, what did Whitney say? What did Heather say? Holy shit. There's not a lot of filler in an episode like this. So you're just typing constantly. Also, shout out to my Patreon. If you want more, go to patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. I have a Real Housewives of New York recap from this Sunday's episode that's going to be on there tonight. And I uh, wanted to give a special thank you to uh, to Casey Welch, who took notes for me. Now, I took notes on the Salt Lake thing because I, I just decided today that I'm going to do this because it was too good not to talk about. And I wanted to see if I could do a full recap. But thank you to Casey Welch for taking notes for me for Roni. And if anybody wants to take notes for me for Salt Lake, <laughs> please. Uh, it's not it's not fun. It's it's not fun. And it's not funny. Um, but we're going to attempt to do this. Oh goodness, you guys. And then what's everybody got going this weekend? Is everybody, is anybody doing anything fun? I hope you guys are doing something fun. Also, a lot of people have been talking about, they miss the mashups at the beginning of the show. I miss the mashups too. But what I'm doing, if you really, you know, I, I still listen to mashups, but I want to make sure that I don't get in trouble with any kind of rights issues. But what I'm going to be doing every week is making a playlist that I will be putting up on my Patreon, which uh, there is, I'm trying to find the level that you can actually release for everybody where you don't have to pay. Listen, if you want to pay a couple bucks for Patreon, that's amazing. It helps Maritza, Sandra, myself. But if not, I totally understand. But think of it, what I'm trying to, what I'm formulating in my head and what I've been starting to put a playlist together, wouldn't it be great if each week there was a playlist inspired by this week's shows, like the mashups I would have played. And then also I'll be able to sneak some sad songs in there because I'm a sappy, sad bastard. And then you guys can enjoy that playlist over the weekend. Does that sound good? 
Are we happy? I know I got a couple of like, oh, I missed this. They've they've been nice about it so far. I feel like next week people might get mean. Right now, I, I'm there's so much goodwill for me, and I feel like when am I going to blow that? It's it's going to be blown any second now. I feel, but thank you guys for being so nice to me, so supportive. I've not even got to tackle the amount of messages that I've received, the amount of text messages I've received, um, and it's one of those things that if you've listened to the show from the beginning, I've, I've admitted from the beginning that I am just not, it's, it's so hard for me to accept, uh, love or compliments because I just, I don't, it's, it's weird. I don't even know how to explain it. It's something that's happened my whole life. When people start that, I go, Oh, okay. Okay. And I get really nervous and anxious and then start sweating. i at this point, I just start sweating no matter what I do. But I, I don't know what that is about me. And so when there is so much goodwill, you, um, I, I'm like, oh my God, I don't deserve this. Why, why don't I, 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 no, no, this isn't, no, please save this for when I, I, it's, it's bizarre. Basically I'm a nut, you guys, I'm a nut. Uh, if you like, uh, if you like nuts, please rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit our sponsors. Go to the YouTube, So Bad It's Good. I know Maritza has been putting up some of the videos from this week over there. Support the Instagram. I'm going to be start doing videos for Betches. They're, they've been teaching me how to do it. I did one today. We'll see how it turns out. But go support that. Tell them you like me over here. All of the stuff that you keep doing. And if there's any guests that you want me to talk to, Tell them to talk to me. Tell them to reach out. All, all of that stuff helps. But uh, I want to continue growing this. This is something that is my life. I'm not going anywhere, whether you like it or not. And uh, you must leave. I'm Meredith Marks. You must leave. God, it was so intense when Meredith was shit can wasted at the end with Lisa Barlow. And Lisa's like, what are you doing? You can, Angie K can leave. Like I went to theater school. I was with Shakespearean actors that did not have the range of Meredith Marks's voice. You can leave. And then in the next, she's like, do you want to talk about the husband? We can talk about the husband. What's up, dude? It's me, Tom Sandoval. Saying that Meredith Marks has a crazy accent, dude. Oh my gosh. There's so I'm already thinking about all the things that I want to talk to you about on Monday because the Real Housewives of Orange County was last night too. And I got to say, I never thought I would defend Heather Dubrow, but I think I'm at the point where I have to defend Heather Dubrow begrudgingly. I'm sorry. Tamara is really good at the Housewives game, but that's only if you enjoy your Housewives when they play games. I like when Housewives actually just are just behavior. Like, I like the behavior. Tamara's figured out the game so much that it's this constant one-woman show of watching her get herself out of trouble of things that she definitely did. And that's frustrating to watch week in, week out, because you keep saying, how are these girls so naive? They've been on this show multiple seasons, and they're buying into Tamara's act. I, I said this at the beginning of this OC season. Tamara must have walked in there, and by the third episode, must have felt like, Holy shit, I didn't think it was going to work. I didn't think it was going to be this easy. I did not think it was going to be this easy. You cannot argue that Tamara does Tamara rules that roost over there. Only took her less than one season. I mean, congratulations to Tamara. I just think first off, you can't trust her as far as you can throw her and the fact that people are still buying into her, it 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 make it miss I'm mystified.
If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Awestruck, and I have to say, I guess congratulations to Tamara. I say that total congratulations. Like you did something that I didn't think would could be done because I would think that Emily and Gina, especially, would be like, "Oh, I just can't. I'll never take anything she says seriously." But no, all the fingers are going to Heather Debro. That is wild. And then, of course, tonight we have the second episode of Southern Charm. I thought that was a great start this week. Me and Sophie talked about it on Monday. Let's see what those crazy nut job dudes from Southern Charm, how they get, how their balls get them into trouble this week, huh? They're, these men and their nuts. These, they're, their nuts make them nuts. I love when Craig, Craig, like I always say, one of my favorite housewives. Wouldn't you love to see eventually Craig join the cast of like Real Housewives of Orange County? It's like the newest housewife, Craig Conover. And Craig's the only one that can take on Tamara. Listen, Tamara, I got to tell you something. I didn't do it, man. Your husband, Eddie, did. Leave me out of it. (laughs) There is so much good TV on right now. Also, American Horror Story, Delicate, premiered last night. 
I got to watch a little bit about, uh, of, uh, I had a like a pounding headache and it wasn't because of American Horror Story, but I think, I, like I said, I was upset. So I started watching it and Kim Kardashian comes out of the gate with a line using the C-L-I-T word, like, suck, suck my clit, I'm Kim Kardashian. She was fine. Like, she was fine. It, it, the, the thing about having Kim Kardashian in American Horror Story, though, is that you're so aware that it's Kim Kardashian that you can't help but laugh. Like, I watched her pick up a teacup in a scene. First off, it's ridiculous, right? But it's supposed to be. It's American Horror Story. So she picks up a teacup, and I just laughed. I was like, oh, there's Kim picking up a teacup in character as like a big, like big publicist. And then Emma Roberts, obviously very problematic this week with all of the the stories that came out about her. I'm sure we'll talk about that on Monday's pop culture roundup, but Kim, it was, it was fine. It was fine. It was fine. Right? Like it was good, but this is what I love pop culture because the two digital medias of note. And of course, I mean, TMZ and the daily mail, they had very differing opinions on Kim Kardashian. Now, the Daily Mail said Kim Kardashian is shredded for her performance on American Horror Story. She's horrible, in quotes. And then TMZ had an article, Kim Kardashian praised for her role in American Horror Story. Quote, she's amazing. Can we pick a lane? But also art is subjective. People are going to love it. People are going to hate it. I think she was fine. My theory, though, is on Kim Kardashian is that She's not going to win any Emmys. This is not designed to win any Emmys. This is designed to be good enough where it can get, if Kim wants to do this. Remember, she. I, what's going on with the lawyer thing, right? What, the baby bar. What, what, what happened to all of this stuff? But what if this is just to get her in a prestige project? Like if Kim doesn't totally tank this, and I don't think she will, this will get her like, you know, an audition for whatever the new succession is. And then Kim Kardashian eventually takes down Meryl Streep. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, we're here at the 75th uh, Academy Awards uh, Best Actress. We've got Kate Winslet for Mr. Jumblies. We have Margot Robbie for Blam Blam. We have Kimith Kardashian for My Time in Egypt. Could, I mean, we could get there one day. Also, being an actor is potentially way more fun than anything to do with lawyering. So I, I imagine studying your lines for American Horror Story, where you get to say things like, she can eat my clit. <laughs> I shouldn't say this too loud in this office. I'm at the Betch's office. <laughs> Sorry, you guys. She can eat my clit. That's a sound drop. Um, <laughs> I'm crazy. That's got to be way more exciting than studying law for like a baby bar. I'm telling you, I've studied lines before. You just pace around. Imagine a little Northwest running lines with mom, her mom. It's like, uh, you're not getting this, mom. You're not getting the line. You're not reading the stage direction. Kidding? Are you kidding me? Oh, goodness. I missed you guys. I wanted to do a solo episode just to talk because we've had guests all week and I've, uh, been in studio. So we try to get that done early to put it out. And I'm, I'm learning a new editing software and things and everybody's been so great, but I wanted to have a solo episode to end the week on that you guys could take into the weekend and, uh, and enjoy, or just be in horror of what I'm doing with my life. Uh, should we start this? Should we start the real housewives of Salt Lake city? Now this is uh, season four, episode three, all tricks, no trust. 
all tricks, no trust. And the descriptor we get that the cable company uh, writes down if we're passing it and, you know, you've never watched Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and you're like, what I, honey, would, would we, would we like this show? Well, I don't know, hon. Read what the descriptor is. And the descriptor says, the Palm Springs venture continues and Meredith tries to make the best of Angie crashing her trip. Now, I don't think that necessarily pulls me in if I don't know what's going on. I think it also does. It should say the Palm Springs adventure, maybe. At, and then they just put venture. And then Meredith tries to make the best of Angie crashing her trip. Now, of course, we know that Whitney, I'm Whitney. I am going to invite NGK, even though she wasn't invited by Meredith to Trixie's motel. So that happened at the very end was about to be the real reveal that Angie K got there. Cause remember Whitney went there early to hang out with Trixie Mattel that she lets us know is her friend multiple times in this episode. And the rest of the ladies, Meredith, Lisa, all of those ladies came up separately. So right at the end of episode two was going to be the big reveal. And Ma this is Meredith's trip to Palm Springs. So we start off every episode previously on real housewives of Salt Lake city. And we have a scene of Meredith to Seth and Meredith's like, I think it would be interesting to invite the girls to Palm Springs, Seth. I love that. Seth's like, yeah, I'm very positive. I, uh, I have a, I have employees in Canton, Ohio. I like to take bathtub things where I talk about doing butt stuff with my toes. Also last week's episode, you guys, which I wanted to talk about just a tad because I found this fascinating is that we're in a new podcasting war. It's with Seth and Meredith Marks because they announced on the, uh, the, the show last week that they have a new podcast called hanging by a thread with, uh, Meredith and Seth. Here's the picture. If you, you're watching this on YouTube and the picture is Seth looks like he's in a push-up position and Meredith is sitting on him cross-legged. And it's called Hanging by a Thread. And it says, welcome to Hanging by a Thread with Seth and Meredith Marks. Join us on our premiere episode as we explore the power of relationships, delve into our 27-year marriage, and share how we've been, quote, hanging by a thread. Guess how long the first episode is? It's 17 minutes. So that description is another thing that's weird. Like, delve into our 27-year marriage in 17 minutes? I will say the bizarre thing about their podcast, too, is the first episode came out on September 12th. We are now, it's September like 23rd. So they have a weird release schedule or the podcast is already done or they were just doing the podcast for the show. Also, how do you not, how do you call this hanging by a, which is very dark, hanging by a thread? Because the first season of Realize of Salt Lake City, the marriage was for all intents and purposes done. And there was a lot of stuff about Meredith fucking half of New York City. Which also, the more we get into Salt Lake City, the more I keep hearing that Meredith just flat out lives in New York. <laughs> she just has a store in Salt Lake. I don't care, though. Like, listen, of course, in a perfect world, all our housewives would provide tax documents. They'd be there for a decade. And someday if I ever run for office, I will make a law that that does that. But I'm fine with that. In fact, I just wish it would be called out more. I wish people would make fun of Meredith in the scene of like, you don't even live in Salt Lake. I want more of that. We have a little bit of that here and there, but I want, I want, I want things to get that insane. 
where people are doing research. People are following Meredith to New York. I want hidden cameras. I want Bravo crews. I want it like the old run and gun style of like inside edition where they would just run up like, sir, is it, is it true? You haven't paid your taxes in 20 years. I want people to like run up on Meredith in New York. Like we've seen you here for the last month and a half. Do you actually live in Salt Lake? Also, I think just what a missed opportunity to not have that podcast revolving something around the bathtub, like record it in the bath. You guys love taking baths, record it in the bathtub and just call it like fart bubbles or like rubber. T- <laughs> Sorry, this is off the top. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Anyways, Meredith's like, shit, I think it'd be interesting to invite the girls to Palm Springs. Like, that's a great idea, Meredith. And then we had another scene where we see the new cast member, Monica Garcia, talking to her mom last week where she's like, I went to the Louis Vuitton store and I bought a bag because I just feel I wanted to have something nice around these ladies. Girl, just have a soul. Like, just have your soul. That's already nicer than what most of these ladies have. I mean, you, you are, you're already doing great. And listen, it is hard. Like we know from example, like say Gina from Orange County, Casita Gina, it's hard when you're not in the same tax bracket of these ladies. But I have to say, if you compare her and Gina together, Monica's already like uh, Monica already admitted to to having a sexual relationship with her with her brother-in-law, uh, I think, and and also revealed that she wore potentially a wire for the F. She was an FBI informant against Jen Shaw. Girl, you've done more in three episodes than Gina's done in like five seasons of Orange County. If we were to compare, like you, you've really already, you could coast for the rest of the season and they would automatically have to bring you back for a next season. So you're great. Don't worry about getting fancy purses. I get it. And hopefully, listen, hopefully you stole Lisa Barlow's $60,000 ring. Hopefully you have that somewhere. <laughs> hopefully Salt Lake City Pawn Shop has a $60,000 ring that you got at least 15000 for. So you can buy yourself a nice little something, you know? But anyways, she it was a very teary moment. Uh, I like those conversations where you reveal these pieces of information. I like new women on these shows. Uh, we then cut to Heather shopping with Monica. And Monica is letting uh, Heather know that it's like, oh, I met Angie K through Jen Shaw. And Heather's like, well, I hope she isn't inviting Angie K to Palm Springs because, yeah, I don't like her. Heather, you really, I, I think what a flame out for Heather Gay. And I don't mean the urine coming out of her uh, urethra at the end of the episode. <laughs> I think we, you know, and it gets brought up at, at a certain point in this episode. There is such a giant elephant in the room of how she lived in and she had tax documents for living in Jen Shaw's asshole for the first couple of seasons of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So the fact that you have any like questioning of any ladies, um, how they treat people or how they kiss up to people, you should just be apologizing every episode. And it's interesting now that none of these ladies visited Jen Shaw in prison. Like, it, you know, Heather was like thick or thin with Jen Shaw. And then all of a sudden, no, I want more information about all of that. I want more information of how she got to the point where now Jen Shaw is persona non grata when she sacrificed a lot of her dignity and a lot of goodwill because of Jen Shaw. But I think it's weird when Heather still can be petty and act like, well, I don't like this person, but that's housewives, right? Um, 
then we cut to the girls at the airport leaving for Palm Springs. We find out that Whitney left early to meet up with Trixie Mattel and sneak Angie Kay in. And, you know, <laughs> Whitney is like, Trixie, I snuck Angie Kay in. They don't know that she's coming. Trixie's like, whatever showcases my motel, right? Whatever, whatever gets people in here. By the way, they also showed a Southwest flight. I love that these ladies flew to Utah to Palm Springs on Southwest. I love Southwest. It's, um, they're no frills. Like they give you the pack, they throw the package of peanuts at you now. That's not even a, a handoff. They just throw it at you and they give you a dirty look if you want to get like a diet soda or something. They're like, oh, really? But other than that, I like them. Um, and then of course, Lisa Barlow last episode, she, um, she, well, this isn't funny at the airport. She's like, Oh my God, I lost my $60,000 ring. It was a special ring. I have all these rings on my finger and I lost the $60,000 one. Now, a lot of women I read in the comments of a lot of different posts saying that you're not supposed to wear the big $60,000 ring on the outside. So like, what was Lisa thinking? My thought is if it really did happen, don't you think I just went down the toilet because they, they, they ransacked that whole bathroom and couldn't find the ring. But also, my Lisa Barlow imitation is a little bit like the lead singer of the B-52s, Fred Schneider. Like, tin roof, rusted. Love Shaq, baby, love Shaq. I'm Lisa Barlow, and I lost my ring, and I'm going to eat a lot of Kit Kats, and my son's going on a mission. Fudge college, mom. But Lisa Barlow is a trip. Also, if I lost a $60,000 anything... I would just, I would live there for the rest of my life. Like, well, I guess I'll be living at the Palm Springs airport now because I lost a $60,000 ring. Like that thing, I would treat it like a fucking Ebola outbreak. Like nobody comes in, nobody goes out. We live here now. Like we live here. I would make all the women take off all of their clothes. I would do cavity searches. I mean, if I was a guy, I wouldn't do, I mean, if I was Lisa, I would be doing cavities. I wouldn't just be, but you know what I'm saying? I would, I would listen. If a $60,000 ring goes missing, Everybody suspect. I don't trust anybody. I don't care if you believe in God. I don't care. It, like everybody is suspect. I'm getting that ring back. And if I don't get that ring back, I'm dying at that airport. Like, cause I'm not going to show my face anywhere else. Are you a $60,000 ring? A uh, fudge that mom. No way. So they, uh, they're freaking about the ring and in the car ride over, Monica's like, that's why they say more money, more problems, girl. Uh, Mary, by the way, is just in the sprinter van on the ride over, just doing some of the best face work, just like, just, there's nothing going on. But every time they, every time they cut to Mary or she's just in a scene where people are talking over her, I'm just drawn to her. I'm just drawn to her. The magic of Mary Cosby. Um, we open this episode it's Palm Springs. We have that like upbeat music of like, and we go to Trixie Motel, which is decked out in pink. Uh, we meet the chauffeur of the, the Sprinter van. Her name is Colleen, and she is helping the ladies out of the Sprinter van. Now, I just want to say at the beginning of this recap, Colleen's an American hero. I really, I really hope, I know, I know we, we do a lot of GoFundMes for people, you know, when tragedies have hit and, and I always try to donate to those things, but I think I want to start a GoFundMe for Colleen because she had to deal with these women for their entirety of the Palm Springs trip. And at the end of this episode, as Heather is literally pissing off of, you know, 
pissing literally on the floor of where Colleen works in the Sprinter van. And I just think this Colleen, I just, has anybody talked to Colleen since? I imagine this was just like a personal Vietnam for her. She probably just walks around with like a thousand yard stare of like, what the fuck? Like, you know, her family's like, uh, Colleen was never the same after that housewife's trip. She, um, she was never the same. She can't use indoor plumbing anymore. She lives in the woods now. She's, she's, she got rid of her driver's license. She's never been the same. She's never been the same. She's always spraying Lysol. It's just not, (laughs) it's not good for poor Colleen. I love you, Colleen. I'm with, we're, we stand by Colleen. Anyways, all the ladies are going, uh, they're, they're at the hotel and everybody's like, how do we get in? And Mary's like, I got a case. Tracy gave me a code to punch in. It's one of those hotels that you, I guess, punch in a code. But everybody, it's like when the women all see each other for the first time in every episode of Every Housewives, they're like, you're so beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the same thing. But they're saying this about Trixie's motel. They're like, oh, my God. It's so pink. Like, oh, my God. It's pink, little girl. Um, oh, my God. So pink. Everybody loves the hotel. It's so cute. It's so cute. And Heather's like, ah, pink floaties. And Heather in a talking head's like, it's screaming drag queen girl. Oh, my God. I know I'm upset at Heather uh, for many reasons, but I will say uh, she's doing too much in her talking heads. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Fly style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. I'm Betch's co-founder, Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. I think sometimes Heather has been told she's the funny one and has grown up thinking she's the funny one where she doesn't need to work this hard. I will say I laughed multiple times when she was shit canned wasted because she was laughing at places that I was laughing at. And you only do that in front of the actual people that are talking if you're shit canned wasted. And so I did salute Heather. Now, I did not salute the peeing and the puking, but listen, we're all... I was about to say we're all grownups, but obviously not. Anyways, Mary Cosby is looking at the hotel. My eyes were on Mary Cosby because I was just like her taking this in because it's not the Four Seasons. It's really cute. 
But I was like, how is Mary going to, and does Mary even know what a drag queen is? Does Mary, Mary does not seem to have a concept of who Trixie Mattel, Trixie Mattel is. In fact, she says in her talking head, she's like, Trixie Hotel, is that a person? Is that a person? Is the hotel named after her? She's so confused. Trixie comes out in full Trixie regalia. And she's like, hi, I'm Trixie. And Lisa's like, hi, Trixie. And Heather says, oh, my God, your legs are giving, Trixie. And Mary's like, nice to meet you, little girl. And Meredith's like, it was kind of a tough trip. Uh, It was a tough trip, Trixie, for such a short journey. And then Lisa immediately goes into, oh, my God, Trixie, I lost my ring. It was 60 grand. And Monica goes, oh, my gosh. And Trixie's like, well, if you want a new piece of jewelry, just say that, Lisa. (laughs) Anyways, Trixie's like. This is seven rooms here at the Trixie Motel. It's a queer run business. Uh, And also the other ladies are here and they're like, other ladies, zoiks. And that's when Whitney and Angie K. Also, Angie, Angie is doing way too much as well. Angie also is wearing sunglasses that take up, I would say, 75% of her face. Why not just put a full windshield up at this point? Why? Like what? What is we've gone too far in society. There's no reason that we need 75 percent of your face filled up with these sunglasses. Even Elton John would be like, it's it's a lot. It's too much per se. (laughs) So Whitney and Angie K come out and Meredith's face is priceless because it's like no face. She's like, I'm not going to react all of my training says they want me to react, but I'm not going to. And <laughs> Heather in a talking head go goes, is Meredith jet lagged? Because she is showing zero reaction. But a zero reaction is a reaction. If somebody gives zero reaction to something that you should get a reaction for, know that inside they are dying. They are furious. Now, Meredith in a talking head goes, it's incredibly ill-mannered and rude. I can't imagine inviting someone, inviting someone without hostish approval. And then Mary goes, who's Angie? (laughs) Who is it? Mary goes, who is Angie? Trixie is now showing off all the rooms. Each room has an individual style. Uh, Of course, Angie K, we find out, took a room before Meredith, took a big room. And I will say, the concept about fighting over rooms for me started in earnest in the real world. MTV's reality show, The Real World. It was... It was a simpler time where fighting over room started, and then it really took hold in terms of always something that was great fodder for any type of reality television series. And I think I salute you fighting over rooms. Fighting over rooms is so simple, yet it is so effective. I actually like fighting over rooms better than all of the get to know you games like Whitney later in this episode. It's like, let's play a game. Or the girls on Real Housewives of New York, all they do are like little brain teasers now. Like, I've got a game. Like, everything is a get-to-know-you game. I think you can get to know somebody about fighting over a room. That's how you really get to know somebody. Anyways, Trixie finally leaves. She's like, I gotta go fucking live my life. And we cut to Whitney and Angie Kay outside. Lisa comes out to join them. And Lisa's like, I don't usually love surprises, but Angie Kay was a nice one. And then Meredith comes out of her room and it's awkward, right? Because it's like a small area. And Meredith just walks on by into Heather Gay's room. And Whitney's like, that was weird. She didn't say, hey. 
And Meredith goes into Heather's room and Heather's like, I'm in the queen of hearts room. And she has a waterbed. And you guys, I, I, I've told this story before. It's not really a story. It's a lifestyle, but I, <laughs> my first big boy bed was a waterbed. <laughs> my first big boy bed. And when I mean big boy, like I was like 16 was a waterbed because my mom and dad, Bill and Becky Bailey, they, they had a waterbed up until like 15 years ago. Like they, I grew up with, like we grew up in Kansas and they had a waterbed and that was like, I guess the height of luxury back then. Like you guys don't even know, like waterbeds used to be a damn thing. And so when I was growing up, I thought waterbeds were normal. And so when I had the opportunity to get a big boy bed for like my 16th birthday of, I was like, you're telling me I can get a waterbed. And I had the cool, it had like uh black pleather, like sides and like a top with all black pleather. Like it was, it was roost. It was really, it was very cool. It wasn't as big as my parents' waterbed, like their waterbed. You could have filmed like the Titanic in there, but this was a nice smaller waterbed. Now, of course the, uh, the waterbed, it, it's like learning to surf. You got to learn to sleep on it. It's, it, it, it was a good sleep, but now I crack up thinking of like, could I even sleep on a waterbed now? Would I get seasick? It, it, and also it would have, it had a little heater on it. So it would warm the bed. But then I remember you guys, and I know this is probably a little TMI, but, um, I didn't lose my virginity on a waterbed. But my first um, like long-term girlfriend in high school, then we would make love because she was a girl. I, we made love. We didn't have sex. That was on a waterbed. And you had to be really careful because my room in uh, Arizona was on the first floor. And my room, it was like my room and then the family room. And there was it, it wasn't like this big space. You could hear what was going on in my room. So when I thought I was being all sly, I would just be like, we can't. Cause if you would get like the, 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 the motion of the ocean going, if you on a waterbed, you would hear like waves. Like it sounded like the waves were sounded like free Willy coming in. You would have the waves. And then one time my dad and my sister, I guess were after there. And I was like, thought I was being sly. And then my dad had to say like, Hey, you're not allowed to have the door closed. <laughs> you're not allowed to have the door closed anymore in your bedroom because I heard the motion of the ocean on your waterbed. And you would think I would be embarrassed about that. And I think part of me was, but part of me was like, I'm a man now. Are you threatened dad? I'm a man. <laughs> so anyways, a waterbed. I do. I would, I wonder if I'll ever sleep. Do you ever wonder about that? Stupid things. Like I wonder if I'll ever sleep on a waterbed again. Like it doesn't matter. It probably won't happen. But then there's a thought of like, what, what, in what realm would I sleep on a waterbed again? I don't know. Anyways. So Meredith's over there. Heather's showing off her water water bed. And uh, in Mary's room, Mary can hear Heather talking. And Mary goes, Heather has a big mouth. (laughs) That's what you. Mary is gold because you don't even need interaction with the other ladies. She can just comment. It's like best week ever. That old show on VH1 where they just comment on clips. That's all Mary does is just comment on clips. That's all we need her to do. Uh, Heather is getting Meredith riled up and going, this is your trip, Meredith. And Meredith goes, well, there's so many bigger things going on in the world right now. You know, this reflects poorly on Angie K, not me. Meredith always reveals to so much going on in the world right now. Technically, she's right. There is so much going on in the world right now. I like that Meredith always throws it into this kind of global 
you know, you, I mean, Ukraine, right? There's so much going on in Ukraine. Uh, politically speaking, we're just tearing each other apart. Uh, you, you know, f- football, it's, it's very competitive. So much is going on. It's just crazy. We cut to Angie K outside and Angie's like, the last few times I've seen Meredith, she's had no issue with me. Uh, we have Lisa going, yeah, at the snowball fight, you all seemed fine. Remember the first episode of the season ended with a snowball fight. And Angie goes, yeah, fresh powder, fresh start. That was the name of the first episode, but I, we don't need to keep saying it, Angie. And Whitney's like, she seemed completely fine at that the snow fight. Angie goes, well, she chooses the passive aggressive way of excluding me. It is so fake. We cut back to Heather and Heather goes, does she know why she wouldn't be invited Meredith? And Meredith, Meredith goes, I mean, I, I mean, she would be invited. I mean, why should she be invited? None of our interactions have been pleasant. And then we do a flashback to last season where we see scenes. We see the reunion where Angie K says, listen, you have zero people skills, Meredith. And Meredith's like, I have very good, I have very good people skills, Angie Kay. And then Heather goes, well, then this is an act of war. No, it's not an act of war, Meredith. It's not an act of war, Heather. Stop getting Meredith riled up. And Meredith's like, yeah, it's an act of war. We cut to food being brought out. I'm already worried about Mary's reaction to the food because remember, last episode, Meredith was in a scene with her son, which would have been a perfect opportunity to ask if her son was married and still living with her. But instead, she called the Trixie Motel to ask if they had a certain year of Dom Perignon. The person answering the phone didn't seem to know who Dom Perignon was. And so I was worried because they also said they had like, like you would like some shared pizzas. So I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. So everybody's getting some food and Angie Kay like sees Mary get her food. And Angie K goes, Mary, come on over here, girl. And Mary literally walks to the other side of the pool and goes, I'm not coming over there. Please stop talking to me. I don't like it. (laughs) I'm not coming over there. Please stop talking to me. I don't like it. (laughs) That kind of truth is so refreshing when you have these housewives lying, trying to act like they like each other. I I don't know why I'm just in love with Mary right now. I know, I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, folks, but it's so, I mean, she's horrid behavior, but there is something so refreshing about somebody that just is like, I don't like you. Don't talk to me. (laughs) That's great to me. And then Angie goes, just a little invite girl, if you're interested. (laughs) Imagine somebody saying, don't talk to me, and then you not being hurt and just going on, okay, just a little invite, girl. It feels like the producers have all warned all the cast that said, hey, Mary doesn't want to be here. She's going to treat everybody horrid. Just roll with it. Like It seems like they all have marching orders to never really get into it with Mary. Even Whitney at the very end when she stands up for herself does it in a very subdued way. Like I wanted Whitney to get into the mix, and she was like, Mary, I don't want you talking to me like that. Like I wanted, I wanted Whitney to be like, she can't leave like Meredith. I want Whitney. I've always said this about Whitney. It's that damn little voice that she has because Whitney says so many dead on right things. And I think we hear that voice and we automatically tune out what she's saying. And I think that's unfair because I think she gets it in a way she gets it in a way I, I'm, I'm bummed because her and Heather are, are obviously the housewives fans that were 
fans of Bravo before they got on this show. So they know the deal. It's just that Heather is is better at manipulating what she knows and and putting that into gameplay. If we consider Housewives gameplay now, which unfortunately we sometimes do, Heather's better at that. Heather's better at that on the face. But I think Whitney, unfortunately, tries to really personalize things and can get her feelings hurt and really tries to understand the emotional layers of all these women. And I think that does her a disservice. I think she's trying to be nice. And when she tries to be kind of evil like this, bringing Angie, K, not evil, but doing something that's a little poke the bear, she doesn't really stand up for herself in a good enough way to really warrant her bringing her in the first place, if that makes sense. Um, so Mary um, Mary just sits down, starts eating her food and goes, so Whitney, why are you here already? Why are you here already, little girl? And Whitney goes, because Chixie's one of my good friends. And Mary's like, that's why? Yeah, I reached out and I said, Trixie, I want to come early. It just feels childish. And Angie goes, well, I know it feels childish to you, but Whitney is trying to be inclusive. So I don't think, and Mary goes, I wasn't even talking to you. (laughs) I wasn't even talking to you. I like at this point that, you know, Mary still has no idea Angie's actual name. Like I wasn't talking to you. And Mary just keeps eating. Mary, her BPM does not raise above a certain level. Monica now comes out. And Lisa comes out and goes, I brought tequila, which by the way, shout out to Lisa. Lisa could have said, I brought Vita tequila. I brought tequila and you know what kind, Vita. She just said tequila, but we know it's Vita. Meredith now comes out in like this pink nighty number with like a little swimsuit. She's like, I, uh, I brought my guest some gifts. And she starts passing out these gift bags. And of course, Angie K doesn't get one as Meredith's passing them out. One for you. Uh, one for you. And then Angie goes, Oh, sweet. Keep on walking by. And it's a shirt that says, um, all tricks, no trust. And Angie says, I'm sure it was just donated shit from other companies in those bags. And Meredith goes, okay, we got like a fun little shopping trip planned. We're going to be breaking off the gr- two different groups of pairs. And the idea is, like, you know, for like me and Alicia Barlow, we are trying to rebuild, trying to trust again. And it's like we could shop together and I could pick out something for Alicia Barlow to wear and she could pick out something uh, for me to wear. And it would have to be something that would resonate. No costumes. You know, we take it seriously. And Mary goes, uh, well, maybe a new ring for Lisa because <laughs> she lost her $60,000 ring. And Meredith goes, yeah, you're going to wear it to dinner. And Lisa goes, we have to wear it to dinner, the outfit you pick out. And Meredith goes, this is about trust, Lisa. So don't pick out something that um, that you wouldn't, that, that I wouldn't want to wear. And then Meredith goes, okay, bad weather. Uh, Heather and Whitney, we need some sunshine. You're going to shop for each other. And Heather's like, all sunshine, no shade. Monica and Mary, uh, Mary, I'm so happy to have you back in action. Uh, Monica, you're new, so I figured you guys would be good together. And Angie K, I didn't know you would be here, so um, you can go along or you can go with Whitney, whatever, whatever you like. And Angie goes, oh, thank you. You're finally acknowledging you didn't invite me. And Monica's like, right out of the gate, sassy to the hostess. Ah, Angie K in a talking head. By the way, her talking head, she's in the Britney Spears, like red leather, uh, patent leather outfit. It's too much. It's too much. 
I know a lot of people said she was uh, serving and I was, I don't know what, like not serving something great, but just, it's a very intense look. And Angie K through the years, we've now seen multiple yearbooks, photos of Angie K. There's no fucking way that was Angie K and that's Angie K now. Like once again, you're not, um, you're not ugly. You're just poor. Like they, 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 it, it shocks me to see these yearbook photos. It's shot. The amount of work has, I mean, they, they've, they've not done a renovation like this since the Hollywood sign. This is, I mean, it's crazy what you see her. Like it is shocking. Like, is there a year by year plan on what they've done to this lady's face? I mean, she looks great, but she, it just, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying. It just looks like a completely different person. Anyways, Angie K is upset at what Monica said, says she is way out of line coming in as my friend and acting disgusted at my comments. I mean, the minute she could take up for someone else, she did. I love loyalties being tested. That is tried and true for housewives. Uh, Heather bellies up to the bar for a shopping cocktail, which I think is going to add to all of the cocktails that she has for the day. And of course, we know where this show ends. We cut to Lisa, Angie, and Whitney in a bedroom and Angie K goes... Light is being shed on the fakery. Monica saying right out of the gate, just like, what a fucking bitch. You don't talk to anybody like that. I don't care if that's who you are. And Lisa's like, and you're like, um, like, don't get involved. You're like, don't get involved. And Angie goes, she doesn't know what issues I have with Meredith. So don't get involved. Angie, I don't know if we necessarily know what issues you have with Meredith. I don't know. I don't know what Meredith has against you. I don't, I don't know. It is like the Da Vinci code. When is this mystery going to be unraveling? Because I'm, I get a little testy. I like, I need to see light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Monica, of course, it's a small hotel because she hears, she goes, hey guys, I can hear you from my room. You're complaining about me. And Angie's like, I'm glad you're here. Now, like, how about checking with me? Like I introed you to all the guests here. I love when also, that's another great housewives thing of how they got on the show of like, Angie got on the show because of Jen Shaw, but now Angie is taking credit for Monica being on the show when Monica kind of is on the show because of Jen Shaw as well. It wasn't like if, if Monica did not, um, wasn't an informant for the FBI, it wouldn't have been as attractive for Monica to be on the show. In fact, I think if anything, though, Monica is a better housewife casting choice than Angie K. Angie K is all over the place and you can tell Angie K wants this bad. Angie K wants to be a housewife badly. I feel like she's throwing everything against the wall and she's not settling into this. She's not easing into this. And I think there is, uh, it feels a little put on with Angie K. That's just what I noticed last season and what I'm noticing again. And I feel like she's trying to like really step into this, but it's just, it's not potentially working. But even when a housewife doesn't work in a sense, that kind of works in its own right. Like we kind of then laugh about that. It's something to talk about, or at least that's my opinion. Um, so uh, Monica goes, you were rude to the hostess, Angie. It took me by surprise. And, you know, it's like, listen, if you have a problem with Meredith, take it up with her. Don't yell at me right now. And Angie's like, I will take it up with her tonight. We go to commercial break. We come back and uh, they're going off into the town. And Lisa gets in the Sprinter van and goes, I'm so upset about my ring. So another ring mention. We have two stores we're going to that the ladies are splitting up into, Mary Ann's and Bazaar. Meredith in a talking head goes, 
to let someone pick out your outfit. It's a, it's a trust building exercise. You know, I just, I have to toe the line to make sure I don't ruffle too many feathers on this. <laughs> Mary and Monica go into a store. I would be so scared to shop with Mary Cosby. This Monica is so brave. Like that's what she, you know, she got the short end of the stick with this one, but it turns out okay for Monica and Monica does kind of win over Mary, but I would have been shitting solid bricks. It, it, like, and Mary walks into the store and Mary goes, somebody farted. <laughs> literally says somebody farted the store smells like farts and that's like a nice little scratch and sniff reminder because we were like okay i feel like i can smell what this store smells like <laughs> so we got to the other ladies shopping uh all their their shopping angie's shopping for herself and lisa and i talking that goes meredith doesn't have a good poker face she's stuck with angie and her face reads irritation meredith is sh- because Angie K is making too much noise in the store. We're back to Monica and Mary. And in a talking head, Mary goes, I don't mind pairing up with Monica. I think I'll do all the picking. I'll pick for me and her. Back to Heather Gay. And Whitney goes, Heather, your butt would be popping in this outfit that I picked out for you. Back to Mary and Monica. Monica comes out in the dress that Mary picks. And I got to say, Mary nailed it. Monica looks amazing. And this is where Monica wins over Mary because Monica says, you need to have a daughter because you are dressing me. And you can tell that Mary loved that comment. You know that that, that comment you'll give a, you'll give somebody new in your life that you can tell just is like, that's what they needed to hear at that moment. And anyways, Monica finds this yellow leather coat and Mary says she likes it. Who knows if Mary really did like it, but she was nice enough to say she did. Mary normally, if, if Angie K picked out that leather coat, Mary would be like, you're disgusting. Who are you? Get away from me. We cut back to the other ladies. And um, <laughs> Lisa goes, I feel like Meredith is living her wildest fashion dream. You think Meredith wants to be wearing double-breasted blazers and flared pants? She wants a jingly, jangly skirt like the one she picked out for me. Because you guys, Meredith picked out for Lisa Barlow like a little, like a belly dancer skirt with a lot of jingle jangles, like that, like a little metal jingly janglies, you know, like that 80s rockers used to wear on their belts, but like a lot of belly dancers do. It was such a weird outfit that it didn't make sense in any sort of world. And it made me concerned about how Meredith does dress herself on a day-to-day basis. And I'm just assuming she's not in charge of it. Maybe Brooks is in charge of it for her. In a talking head, Lisa goes, obviously Meredith hates me. Meredith goes, it's a little out of your comfort zone, you know, but like, it's not taking it too far. It absolutely is taking it too far. I can see parts of Lisa Barlow's beaver and it's, it's weird. It's a mess. It's a mess. <laughs> Lisa goes, I learned I cannot trust Meredith's style at all. Now, Lisa picks something suitable for Meredith to wear because she's like, yeah, I think Meredith would be popping bottles in Saint-Tropez with this. Whitney goes, I, I'm confused by Heather's choice for me. I'm Kate Middleton on top and a lab tech on the bottom. It's very weird. But I will say, you know, what Whitney picked out for Heather, Heather looks like Arsenio Hall. Arsenio has one, like remember when Arsenio Hall back in the day, he was like this talk show host, you guys, he would wear 
the multicolored leather jackets, it would be him and all the people that ran Planet Hollywood, like Sly Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Go back and look at Heather Gay's leather leather jacket and go like just just type in Arsenio Hall leather jacket. You're going to see pretty much the exact same jacket. So uh, I just feel like Heather's like, let's get busy. <laughs> That's what Arsenio Hall always used to say. Anyways. Angie K comes out in this Grecian gold outfit she picked for herself. Hey guys, have you heard that Angie K is Greek? Yeah, she told us this episode. <laughs> Angie is fighting for her life in these scenes because you can tell she's trying to add something and it's like, girl, let it naturally come. Meredith goes, that outfit is more like a Greek tragedy. Yeesh. <laughs> Uh, Heather says, we look like the rejects Barbies at the bottom of the toy trunk. We cut over to, to uh, Mary talking to Lisa. And Mary says, Lisa, I love your little belly and your skirt. It reminds me of Milan. And I was like, do you mean Mulan? Like the Disney movie? Or do you mean Milan overseas? Like which, Mul- I, I was so confused. Because I don't, like what, in Milan, it like, they, does they wear the jingly jangly belly? Anyways, everybody's getting back in the car. Uh, guess what? Lisa Barlow says she's upset about, I'm upset about my ring again. I almost started to cry. And Mary's like, well, why don't you file a police report so you can decide what to do? Well, they're going to the restaurant Copley's tonight. Copley's in Palm Springs. We find out that it's the formerly, it's formerly Cary Grant's estate. Now, Cary Grant was a debonair actor uh, in the olden days. I'm Cary Grant. Booyah, booyah. Just very, just classic. So this was his old estate that they turned into a restaurant. And Lisa's like, oh my God, I'm wearing this. I'm almost naked and I'm going to Cary Grant's former estate. I'm in a bathing suit. Oh my God, we're going to a five-star restaurant. In a talking head, Lisa goes, I'm prepared for this trip. My shopper in Milan sent all these things to me. I was prepared. Girl, you are having a shopper shop for things for Palm Springs in Milan? Now that I'd rather you shop at the Disney movie Mulan. I mean, like have a nice like Target shopping spree, like a, a, an Old Navy moment in Palm Springs is always nice. But Milan, you had a shopper in Milan for a two day Palm Springs trip. Come on, this in a sixty thousand dollar ring. What is going on with you? Um, but don't worry. Lisa, you do not have to worry about any sort of behavior in terms of dress at Copley's because Heather Gay's about to piss herself. Um, Lisa goes, the skirt, this skirt is putting indents on my body because she's saying the metal on the skirt is leaving indents on her little tummy. And I love that Lisa's just so upset now that this outfit is physically betraying her. She goes, this is like the shining. I think two twins are going to knock on my door tonight. I'm never going to get dressed up again. Which, by the way, she's saying this stuff in front of Meredith and Meredith is not taking the bait or they just cut it out. We cut to a little says, says Palm Springs night one. We are only at night one. We are at the restaurant Copley's and Mary says, uh, yeah, I want to eat. And Lisa goes, oh my God, you guys, I'm humiliated. Mary in a talking head goes, Lisa, whoever picked out your outfit, they don't like you. <laughs> the waiter comes out and he's like, welcome to Copley's. Here's the wine list. Here's the specials. And Mary goes, Heather, he- Heather, what is that drink called we wanted to get? What's that drink called? And Heather goes, espresso martini. Espresso martini. Those will fuck you up. Any martini will fuck you up. And an espresso martini fucks you up. And then it doesn't let you sleep because 
it has the espresso power of in it. You know, Whitney does this thing. Now I've heard this. Bravo was the first, I think I heard this for the first time on Below Deck. Whitney wants her espresso martini with tequila. And then I, I made fun of this like the last, when I first heard about this and everybody's like, that's normal. You guys, that's disgusting. Alcohol's already pretty bad, but like vodka belongs in martinis. I know gin, you can do a gin martini. Tequila, that's, di- why not just drink urine? Why not just drink Heather Gay's ur- urine and just call it a day? You are making espresso martini with tequila? No. And then Lisa goes, do you like a nay hose? And Whitney goes, I like any hose. And Lisa goes, ho, 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 ho. Like everybody has a good chuckle, uh, chuckle at the hose joke. Uh, Lisa goes, oh my God, I need a heat lamp. A cold pocket of air just flooded in and I'm in a little jingly jangly skirt. But Heather Gay is sitting right next to Lisa and she doesn't want the heat lamp because she's in a big old Orsino Hall leather jacket. So she you know, like moves over to the other side. And Meredith goes, okay, well, anyways, let's drink to new beginnings, okay? It's just, let's have a fun time, and let's have a fabulous day tomorrow. And then Mary goes, let's have a good night's sleep tonight. <laughs> I love, I wish I had a better Mary imitation, um, but I love that Mary throws in, like, let's have a good day tomorrow. But Mary throws in, let's get let's get our shut eye. Let's get a good, let's get a good eight hours. Whitney goes, on that note, can we play a game? I like that Whitney says, can we play a game? She's like the little the little dude on the tricycle from Saw. Like, do you want to play a game? Would you like to play? I love. <laughs> would, would you like to play a game? I'm going to attach these wires to your nutsack unless you tell me. <laughs> Whitney is the little tricycle man in Saw. <laughs> I'm not going to let you out of this sewer until I chop your balls off. She goes, can we play a game? Let's get to know each other a little better. Is everybody down with that? And Mary goes, no. <laughs> Whitney goes, think of something. And and by the way, Whitney just ignores her and goes, think of something that not everyone knows about you, maybe. And then just like tell the group. And Meredith goes, okay, I'll start. It's a little basic, but um, I used to come to Palm Springs to visit my grandparents. Say what? Angie goes, wow. <laughs> and Meredith, Mary's like, that's shocking? It's ridiculous. Meredith goes, well, um, yeah, I, vis- I used to, you know, I, that's, I, not a lot of people knew that. I mean, truly, honestly, who gives a fuck? I mean, you could literally like, oh, at some point I visited my grandparents. Like, I want Meredith to be like, you know, uh, I um, I kill hobos. Yeah, I, ki- I killed a hobo. I buried his body in Canton, Ohio. Seth, help me hide the body and uh, we're going to do a podcast on it. Like, that's the kind of reveal I want. That's the kind of reveal I need. Not I visited a grandpappy. Are you kidding me? And... Angie in a talking day goes, we are getting the G version of Meredith's reveal. Like, I mean, I've heard much different versions of Meredith's past. Guys, stop dancing around it. I feel like we've been dancing around Meredith's behavior for years. What is, does she like to lick buttholes? What is going on? Is she in bathhouses? Is there a glory hole thing happening? Let us know the deal. I need to know. Inquiring mind want to know. And Whitney goes, um, okay, it's my turn. I like to write. I used to write to journal. I used to journal. I used to write poems and I'm kind of beginning to get back to that. Whitney writes poems. I need 
a Whitney poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. You've got a podcast. You fucking suck. <laughs> Heather, now we're on to like really exciting secrets. Heather's is that she's been into birds lately. And she's even has a birdhouse with a camera. Well, thank you guys. This is all just really good, hard hitting, shocking stuff. And Mary uh, lets us know that she used to have an African gray bird. And in talking to her, she goes, ah, that bird was strange. She wanted me to st- stare at her all the time. It was like a flying cat. Didn't obey. She, the bird was a flying cat? Like, th- I mean, right then and there, I need a four-part HBO Max docuseries on Mary's African Grey. Bravo, why are we not doing, getting in the docuseries? Like, Mary's African Grey coming this winter to Bravo. Mary, uh, that wasn't her little reveal. Her reveal is goes, I'm a truly a loner. Everyone thinks I'm a socialite and I'm always out. Does anyone think that Mary Cosby is always out? I've never thought that Mary, I've always thought that Mary likes to be in her closet with her little uh, mannequin people, which by the way, shout out to the movie mannequin that I rewatched recently. Love it. Wouldn't you love to see that sequel to Mannequin where it's the mannequin in Mary Cosby's closet that comes to life? But Mary was having full on conversations with these mannequins already. So it all works. Um, Angie K goes, um, they all just like, okay, you're truly a loner, whatever. They don't say anything. And Angie goes, for some of you that don't know me, you might think I'm a badass or a hard ass, but I'm actually quite sensitive. I'm sorry. I feel like I am reading Angie K all wrong because I don't think she's a badass or a hard ass at all. I feel like she's a pick me and I feel like she's a bit of a try hard and I want to get to know the real Angie K, but I don't think of her as a badass. I think of her as somebody that's trying to be somebody popular on this show. Um, I really am not seeing this badass version of herself that she keeps saying that there is, uh Oh, Jada Pinkett Smith tap for a chance. Okay. Anyways, sorry. I just got an alert. Uh, Lisa goes, that's such a good attitude, Angie, that you're sent. Le- thank you for letting us know you're sensitive. And Meredith Marks is just staring at her. Like you could tell her thoughts like you freaking idiot. I visited my grandparents in Palm Springs. I'm doing it sensitive. Uh, Lisa goes, okay, something about me. I just got my first second piercing this week. I'm so naughty. And she smiles. She's like the Cheshire cat. She's just like grinning. She's like, oh my God, I got a second piercing. Tin roof rusted. And then Monica literally goes, oh my God, you guys are all so boring. Like I'm having flashbacks of being at the senior center with my Nana, even though the senior center with my Nana was way more exciting. So finally, Monica's like, let's get this party started. I fucked my brother-in-law for 18 months. Yeah, fucked my brother-in-law. And Heather goes, someone brought the fun. Every time they cut to Heather at this point, she's sipping on the espresso martini. And Meredith goes, um, uh, Meredith very calmly goes, I am... Um, I uh, need to understand the context, I guess. I, I, uh, I need to understand the context. I wish Meredith would have been like, okay, finally, the Band-Aid's ripped open. I've fucked half my family. Like, I would have loved for that moment, for people to build off of that moment. But Meredith's like, well, let me um, let me try to internalize this and, and be calm about it. It's, that's interesting. Our brother-in-law, okay. And Heather goes, uh, yeah, okay. And everybody's like, well, what does that mean? Oh, husband's sister's husband's brother-in-law. What? And Meredith's like, okay, okay. And then Mary goes, cheers to that. And Meredith and a talking head goes, Alicia might have alleged I fucked half of New York, but I draw the line at in-laws. That's great, Meredith. Do you draw the line at in-laws? 
But are you admitting you fucked half of New York? I'm in New York right now. And maybe a good man on the street thing I should do next week is literally just go out to people and go, uh, ma'am, have you fucked Meredith Marks? You know, like just go out, like do a sampling of a hundred people. And if this holds up, 50 people will say yes. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Whitney goes, I have to change this game before she admits she fucked the Pope. Uh, Heather says, okay, here, you know, here's something vulnerable. I like birds and now we're fucking. <laughs> and then when he goes, I've got one more game. Um, it's called, <laughs> it's called, <laughs> I've got one more game. It's called Russian roulette. We're going to pass this gun around and there is only one bullet. <laughs> You I've got one more game. It's called warm and fuzzy or cold and prickly. And you have to say something to the person on your right. That's warm and fuzzy. And then you also have to say something cold and prickly. It's not, that's not as nice. And Heather now goes, ha that sounds like a laser hair removal technique. She's drinking another espresso martini. Now Heather to Angie, that's who's sitting to the right of her. Heather goes, okay, well for me, the warm and fuzzy, it's going to be the old Titans. Because remember, they went to high school together, you guys. So it's always that. And we see yearbook photos where once again, that like I think there's a good possibility that's truly not Angie in these yearbook photos. I, I And also maybe the Angie now is just AI. It's just digital manipulation. Who knows? Um, and Angie goes, yeah, we knew each other before you were even born, Whitney. Um, and then Heather goes, well, warm and fuzzy, cold and prickly, I guess. Um, and Angie's like, give it to me, girl. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. And then Heather's like, okay, I don't trust you. And Lisa goes, what? And we cut to Lisa going, why don't you trust her? And Heather Gay's like, well, I don't trust you because it feels like you were just all over Jen and then that didn't work out. And then you were all over Lisa and then that didn't work out. And Lisa goes, that perception is not reality. I love that Lisa stands up to saying to her of like, um, listen, it, I'm hey, listen, it, it did work. I love her kissing my ass. Heather says, Well, listen, it wasn't my job to dictate fact. You just asked me to say something what I was feeling. Heather Gaynor talking head goes, I've known Angie K longer than any of these women since high school. And she chooses to buddy up with anyone but me. I don't trust people that shit on history and friendship, and I don't trust girls who suck the biggest dick in the room. I just don't. Now, listen, on its face, that is a beautiful passage, right? And I'm totally there with it, except that Heather undercuts all of it in that she is this person that she's talking about. She tried to suck the biggest dick in the room. She was so far living up Jen Shaw's ass that she chose to buddy up with her 
even when people were warning her right and left, I, I think Heather Gay is not to be trusted. And that's why I think Heather Gay is so particular because at at its core, Heather does not, Heather manipulates situations. Heather is not the best. I don't think her moral compass is set straight. And I think that kind of clues her into other people whose moral compasses are probably not set straight either. Now, this could be a complete shot in the dark, but I do think it's very interesting that she completely was up Jen Shaw's ass. And that's what she's accusing Angie K of doing. And Lisa goes, you weren't all over, like, listen, you were all over Jen, Heather. Should we not trust you? And Heather goes, maybe not. But why are you so invested in my cold and prickly, Lisa, with Angie? And Angie goes, hold on, Lisa. Let me take this back. Let me take this. Come back, Heather. Look at me. Look at me. Um, And Heather's like, well, once you said Lisa wasn't like... Once you said about my book that I wrote, Bad Mormon, you you know, once I said that Lisa was in my book, you were like, oh, now I'll buy it and I'll have Lisa sign it. And Angie goes, Heather, that was a joke. You have a sense of humor, Heather. Why didn't you find that funny? Heather Gay goes, well, it's an example of you being all over somebody else. And Angie goes, what have you done to be my friend, Heather? And Heather goes, that's not what I'm That's not what I'm on trial for right now. This is when we can tell the alcohol is starting to get to Heather because this isn't a trial. It's a warm and fuzzy, cold and prickly. And Monica finally goes, let's move on. Let's move on. And Mary says, well, I'm not going to say anything. I let you go. I let you go. And then Meredith to Whitney goes, you're, um, let's see, uh, my warming fuzzy is that I think you're definitely interested. You know, you're very, you're very positive. I think you want to manifest positive things. Um, my prickly though is, um, Let's see. It's not Angie. It's not you inviting Angie on the trip. My prickly is I think you need to move on. Uh, I think you need to make your communication much clearer. I like that she says this as she kind of does the Meredith slurring. I think you need to make your communication much clearer. And Whitney goes, I'm in therapy once a week for my communication. It's like, damn. Meredith goes, Meredith, no, that's not what you said about her bringing her friend earlier today. You didn't like that. Like, so Mary calls out Meredith going like, wait, listen, your prickly is about bringing Angie K. But I also like that Whitney like goes, I actually am in very specific therapy for communication. I do feel like maybe I hate that. I feel Whitney might be insecure about her communication skills and it's made her quieter this season. I've noticed I feel that. I hope that's not true. I hope she really livens up because I feel like she she needs to put the pedal to the metal. She's got good things to say. I think she needs to have that communication and not be like, I don't know if people are enjoying the way I, I want her to say things, but I, it bums me out if she's actually in therapy for communication. Anyways, we have a flashback of Meredith talking to Mary of like, yeah, Angie K took the biggest room. What the fuck up with that? And Mary goes, well, you had some type of feelings about it, Meredith. And Meredith goes, well, I'm not getting into that right now. And Mary goes, well, well, I asked her, I asked why Whitney came early with Angie K. When he goes, she said it was childish that I flew out here early. Trixie is my friend. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And Monica goes, okay, okay, whatever. I'll go, I'll go. Uh, Lisa, I love you pretty much here in a thong and you did it happily and you're a good sport. Honestly, you're great. And Lisa's like, oh my God, this is amazing. I, she like laughs like, oh, I'm getting celebrated for wearing my tiny jingly jingly skirt at this Cary Grant estate. And then she goes, my prickly is as somebody going through a divorce and it's just me and my four kids and we're trying to figure it all out. 
what the F we're doing in our lives, it was hard to listen to you all day about losing your $60,000 ring. And Lisa goes, I didn't say it over and over, but noted. And then we get a great editor troll flashback of seven mentions of the ring. Oh, I lost my ring. I'm sad about my ring. Ring, ring, ring. And Lisa goes, I'm sad. It's sentimental. And Monica goes, girl, I reached into a tampon box for you at the airport trying to find this ring, which by the way, I, like I said earlier, I hope she did find it. I hope she's, I hope she's got it on right now. Why do I sound like Jerry Seinfeld in a talking head? Lisa goes, what's your deal with me, Monica? When you can afford to buy a $58,000 ring, you'll care about it too. Uh, Monica says, well, it's very different. I get that it's hard to be aware. And Lisa goes, yup, I got it. Please move on. And Monica goes, listen, you're blessed. And Lisa goes, I worked hard for that blessing. And Monica goes, everyone here has worked hard. Noted. It is noted. And by the way, I don't think everyone works as hard as Lisa Barlow. I think Lisa Barlow is a hustler. And we have to admit, people do work harder than other people. It just happens. We cut to back from break and Heather says, pass the espresso martini, stack them and rack them. And she's giggling to herself. And it... um you know, it's, it, you can tell she's lit. She's having a great time in her Arsenio Hall leather jacket. Um, it, we know that trouble's about to brew because also the background housewives music is like the ding. It's like the, the little chords they'll play like ding, ding. Like the music is starting to get a little tenser underneath. Um, so <laughs> Angie says, okay, I'm going to do a dinner, uh, like a fun dinner toast. The Greeks love to toast. Once again, she lets us know she's Greek. And it's a fun thing we do at my house where we'll go over a word of the day, a Greek word. And I wanted to share a word. And that word is cunt. No, no, no. The word is, the word was um, seftiko, seftiko, which means fake. So Angie says, I want to make a toast and talk about a word that I think pertains to tonight. And then she goes, seftiko, which means fake. And this is when Meredith, you could tell something snaps in her brain and she sits back. She sits back. Her vocal cords are preparing to do every accent under the sun. And Angie K goes, I came here with an open heart. I thought, I thought we could be friends. I thought we could be friends. <laughs> and Meredith goes, you publicly said you never wanted to be friends with me. And why would you want to even come here again? And Andrew K is like, wait, publicly I said that? Publicly, publicly, sweetheart. She literally goes, sweetheart. This is when it starts like British and Irish start creeping. Publicly, publicly, sweetheart. We will never be friends. A little bit of Brock, a little Irish. We will never be friends. What are your exact words? Meredith says. And Angie, in a talking head, goes, I have no idea what she's talking about. I don't remember ever saying that publicly. And Angie K says to Meredith, was this a, a rumor you heard from someone? And Meredith goes, no, no. Monica says, well, we, we, you know, Monica goes, we love a receipt, girl. Let's see a receipt. And Angie, in a talking head, goes, 
where have I ever said this? And Angie goes, well, you've, you've treated me really inappropriately, Meredith. Maybe I should explain to you how you made me feel. And Meredith goes, I'm, uh, I'm not really that interested. I'm not interested to hear it. And at this point, Heather Gay goes, <laughs> she laughs. She, it's amazing. It really did make me laugh. And Angie goes, you are being very rude. Angie, what's the Greek word for rude? Huh? That would be a great learning moment. Meredith goes, you can leave. This is not your dinner. This is when you she goes, you can leave. This is not your dinner. It's very, it's like every one of the James Bond villains all of a sudden is coming out of Meredith Mark's mouth. You can leave. This is not our dinner. The range. It's like from high, high to low, low. It's truly incredible. And Angie goes, I'm not leaving. You were not invited. You can go. You're not invited. You can go. It's a choose your own adventure with Meredith Mark's mouth. And <laughs> and then Meredith goes, why do you want to be here? Why do you want to be here? You're just a user. And Angie King goes, a user? And Meredith is just looking glassy eyes. She's like, you don't even want to start with a me sweet pie. I'm a sweet pie. You don't even want to start with me sweet pie. And Angie goes, I've been kind to you. I've supported you through all of your accent work. And Meredith goes, no, you have not been kind to me. You have not been kind to me. No. And Angie goes, how come you called me and you had questions about building a house and I gave you my time? Meredith goes, I'm happy to write you a check for your time. You can go. You can go. You can go. And Angie goes, I don't want a check for your time because guess what? You can go. You can go. And Meredith just keeps going, you can go. You can go. You can go. And he goes, what? Are you going to write me a check for your jewelry that had cobwebs and dust all over it? Needle scratch. Angie goes, what, are you going to write me a check for your jewelry that had cobwebs and dust all over it? Heather now is literally pissing herself. No, she pisses herself later, but she's laughing hysterically. And Angie continues, you haven't sold a piece since 2015, which we know is a lie because didn't Jen Shaw use those old people's money to buy some Meredith Marks original pieces? And uh, <laughs> Meredith Marks goes, you're embarrassing yourself. You're, you're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. And Angie goes, oh, you rented your fucking life. Everything about you is fake. And Monica's like, oh, my God, stop. Get out. Stop. This is disgusting. And Meredith goes, this is lame and embarrassing for you. The voices are just out of control. This is lame and embarrassing for you. And Angie goes, oh, Meredith. And Meredith goes, not interested. And Angie goes, lame and embarrassing. You're fucking embarrassing. And this is when Meredith goes, you can leave. Now, this was shot months ago, but I went back and checked the weather patterns that night and the Palm Springs did register a 2.3 on the Richter scale. And they are directly attributing that to Meredith Mark saying, you 
can leave. If I ever audition for Yale Repertory Drama School, I will use Meredith Marks in this scene because the vocal, you would just, it's just the vocal. It's second and you can leave. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Angie Kay, not to praise her. Whether it is... <laughs> and Angie Kay's like, I'm not leaving, Meredith. And Heather's just goes, damn. Heather's having the time of her life right now. And Meredith go, Meredith gets up out of her chair. And she goes, excuse me, sir. Can we get security? We need security. She refuses to leave. And I don't want her here. I don't want to hear anything she has to say. She's got to leave. Um, she grabs this waiter. The waiter, his name's Chad. He's, they literally put a script. They're like the, the Chiron says, Chad, waiter, not security. And she goes, she needs to leave. I'm the hostess of this dinner and her behavior is not acceptable. And I'd like for her to leave. And Chad, you can tell this Chad has been through already. Probably just a really tough work night. And all of a sudden she has a house. He has a housewife on him, like white on rice. And, you know, Chad's like, I'll, uh, I'll do whatever I can. I, I mean, like, it's really just a wild, it's a wild move. And so hysterical. It's just out of nowhere. She gets up and just grabs a waiter that she thinks is a security guard. And this also is just goes to show you the world that Meredith lives in, that she lives in a world where there potentially are security guards around everywhere. <laughs> also, we cut back to uh, Heather sipping on the martini. She's now sipping it with both hands like a goblet of porridge. She's like, mm. Heather in a talking head goes, I'm five martinis in. And I, I even know that that is a waiter and not security. Uh, Heather, by the way, is now her hat. She's big heart Arsenio Hall leather jacket, and she's now wearing her baseball cap like a B-boy. It's like sideways. And Lisa goes, can we all be friends? Come on, let's all get along. Um, and Meredith goes, if you think you, if you think you want to be friends with her, you can stay with her. Once again, David Lynch movie. If you think you want to be friends, you can stay with her. Meredith is just, just the accents are just flooding out of her. And Mary goes, Meredith, don't let this unravel you. Like Meredith is like Rocky's coach, you know, like, come on, Rock. Don't let her knock you out, Rock. Get in there. Get into the ring. And Meredith goes, you are nobody's friend, Angie K. You are an ugly human being. And Angie K goes, why don't you look in the mirror? You are the one that is ugly. And now Meredith starts crying. She's like, there's a lot of fucking deeper things going on than this nonsense. There are children who are going to be disabled for the rest of their lives. And I'm not doing it. Peace out. You ladies have a good time. A good day to you. It's so bizarre. And listen, there are people that will be disabled for the rest of their lives, but I truly don't know what the fuck is going on at this moment. I was like, am I stroking out? I smell bitter almonds. What's happening? What the hell? Where did the, I, did I miss an episode? Is something happening? Does Meredith have, I, I just freaked out because I was like, oh no, it's, it's gotta be. Is, is something in her life with disabled children or did she just watch some, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Is this real? Is she just reaching for things? I don't know what to believe. I wish Bravo did like a pop-up video where they're like, this is what Meredith's talking about right now. Mary in a talking head even goes, what's going on? 
And Meredith goes, I'm going to worry about the things that are right to worry about in this world. And this is not one. And Mary says, I think Meredith shouldn't have had that last drink. Lisa now goes and follows Meredith out like a fresh, like, hey, hey, have you seen my $60,000 right now? She goes, hey. Um, And Meredith goes, I don't need to be attacked. That is not good for the trip. I don't need to be attacked. I don't need to be attacked. We cut back to Heather and Heather goes, Whitney, this is all your fault. And Whitney goes, Heather, don't do that. Remember? Fresh powder, fresh start from first episode. Don't throw me under the bus. We cut back to Meredith and Lisa and Meredith goes, I am dealing with a lot of shit and this is very serious. Get her the fuck out. And Lisa goes, just just listen, listen, Mara. She's got disgusting energy. And then we back in with Heather and Heather's like, Meredith did why did Meredith leave with an English accent I will say Heather I almost wish she wasn't a housewife because she'd be damn fun to watch a housewife show with I just find her annoying on the actual show and we see we see an example of Meredith like you're embarrassing yourself we cut to Meredith sobbing to Lisa and Lisa's like I don't want you upset and Meredith's like I can't. She's too aggressive. She's a dark force. And Lisa's like, she came in way too hot. I don't need to defend her. Angie can defend herself. But sometimes we come in like high schoolers. Fudge college, mom. Oh my God, we haven't even talked about Lisa Barlow's son going on a mission. Okay, next time. I think there were a lot of factors, all of our lives and friendships. It has been hard the last couple of years. It's been a lot. And Meredith goes, no, if I want to go for the jugular and talk shit, I mean, the rumor, this is when she goes, the rumors and the nastiness about her, we can do that. You know what? You want me to go there with husband? I can go there. Don't fuck with me. Tell her to fuck off. This is the actual version. You'll see it's pretty much dead on. It's word for word. If I were to go for the jugular and talk about the the rumors and nastiness about her, well, I can do that. Do you I know think- what? You want me to go there with her husband? I can go there. Don't with me. Okay, tell her to off. I like this fuck when she she goes tell her to fuck. Uh, it sounds like she's swallowing her uh, the bat. What's that little thing? The globula in the back of the throat. Fuck. Tell her to fuck off. It's truly just. I've never heard anything like it, and I want it to be my ringtone. It's so good. Tell her to fuck off. We cut to Lisa and a talking head going, I'm working on building a new friendship with Meredith, but she's using old behaviors. First, it's always the, I don't want you around. And then it's how I have information on you. So she's talking that Meredith Marks does this. She's doing it to Angie K now that like, okay, first off is she doesn't want you around. She did that with Lisa last season. And then all of a sudden it's, I have information on you because I had forgot all about that, that Meredith started that rumor that Lisa effed people to get better placement of BD tequila and bars, which I just don't believe for a second. 
And Leisha goes, I think the real victim here is Angie K. I get it. It happened to me. I thought with fresh start and new beginnings, we weren't going to go through this again. But this is fascinating to think that Meredith does have some sort of game plan. It is interesting to think that this is some sort of formulated strategy that she has with other women. That, I think, is worth talking about. I, I'm so curious where this plays, like, what happens from here. So Meredith and Lisa come back into the restaurant, and Mary goes, are you okay? Meredith, you were verbally beat up. And Angie goes, Meredith, look at me, please. Let's both take a deep breath, a very big, deep Greek breath. I was very hurt. I have, I may not have approached you in the right way. You, you think? And Meredith is like crying. And you're like, Ugh. she's crying in British at the table. And Angie's like, this is not how I wanted this to go. And Meredith goes, oh, really? Because you took it there tonight and you can just go. You can just go. I've never had, I've had enough of you. I have. And Lisa goes, we need to put a cork in this ladies and go. Now, all of a sudden we get a shot of a full moon. And I think this is such a great trope in housewives. You always know something about like somebody's about to piss themselves. When you see a shot of a full moon on a housewife shows, we've seen it time day. In, like we've seen it so many times, like a shot of a full moon, any reality show, you see a shot of a full moon. You're about to see something fucked up so heather goes can you help me out i'm wasted af right now she's being helped out of the restaurant they get in the sprinter van heather says make sure i get home without a black eye i got livid when heather brought up the black eye because it took me back to that dark place of last season when heather woke up with the black eye because you know Jenshaw fucking popped her in the face after probably scissoring with each other and then we get this fucking like don't you bring up the black eye Heather, how dare you? We're trying to be in a new place of fresh beginnings and you bring up the black eye. And this is, you remember last time and she said at the reunion how embarrassed she was. She got that wasted and that's why she didn't want to talk about the black eye and all this stuff. She is, she got even more shit can wasted here. Listen, is this a Shannon Bedore situation? Do we need to worry about Heather's drinking? But don't bring up the black eye. That is a scourge on Housewives. How dare you? And Heather goes, it was a great dinner, except for the fight. And Lisa goes, oh my God, she had too much to drink. Now, Monica is holding Meredith in the Sprinter van. And Monica goes, I'm sorry for whatever you're going through. It wasn't supposed to end with you in tears tonight. And when he goes, Meredith, what is it? And Meredith's like, I can't go there. I can't say it. And when he's like, is it family? And Meredith goes, no, it's French. And Meredith goes, let's table this right now. I just know I have something much bigger weighing on me. And Lisa goes, what happened, Mare? And Meredith goes, I can't. I just can't go there. It's just, it's ugly. Nothing positive. Nothing good. It's just nice down the road. It's not good. Which, by the way, I think Meredith is referring to her podcast with Seth. When you start a podcast, it just it's not good. It's just down the road. You're like, it's a long road. That's probably what she's talking about here. When he goes, I'm going to be honest, Meredith. I think it's like a convenient thing for you to say. This is where I was like so damn proud of Whitney. Because Whitney, once that's a really smart observational thing to say. If Whitney had a stronger voice in saying it, it would have been a drop mic moment. Instead of a like, what the fuck you say? Because everybody's like, excuse me? Meredith goes, excuse me? And when he goes, yeah, I really do. Because every time I try to have a conversation with Meredith, there's like some big extraneous situation. 
in a talking head, Whitney goes, whenever I try to learn something about Meredith, she pulls in some big thing that she's going through. Like it's her best friend, like, or her cousin's dog died. It's her like Amazon package damaged or the milkman retired or like dinner was served cold two weeks ago on purpose. Like something's always there. And when he says, well, you know, Meredith, we are all dealing with a lot. And they pull up to Trixie's motel and Meredith's like, I've, I've had enough tonight. And when he's like, don't leave Meredith. Like, I love it when he's like, let's try to fix this and work it all out. But I do think Whitney has a point is that it's always something bigger. It's always something that you don't know. You can't understand what I'm going through. And that's just, it's kind of like the Real Housewives of New York thing when these ladies were trying to shame Jessel about her stories where Cy, as I like to call her, S-I-G-H, Cy, was trying to say Jessel's experience wasn't as valid as her experience. It's ridiculous. So Meredith gets out of the van and Heather goes, I'm so sick, man. I'm so sick. I'm so sick. And Mary in a talking head goes, I didn't come for this. And they aren't even good at fighting. I didn't come to fight. And Mary goes, she's fragile and broken. And then you attack her. And when he's like, Mary, no, I didn't attack her. I stood up for myself. And Mary's like, no, you didn't, little girl. Every time she does this, it's like it gets hard. And Mary goes, you need to grow up, little girl. And she goes, Mary, that's very offensive that you said that. You need to grow up, Whitney. You deny everything you do. That's false, Mary. I own everything I do. All I said was you didn't have to say anything. You got to own yourself. I own myself completely, Mary. No, you don't, little girl. Who You got to stop being this facade. Who's Whitney? You're looking at her, Mary. I'm Mary. I'm. <laughs> you're looking at her, Mary. I'm Whitney. I don't know. The way you talked about me, don't you go there. Don't you? The way you talked about me, I never talked about you, Mary. I never did. Oh, yeah. You talked about me. I never talked about you. I got told about you. And Whitney's like, you have said you'd cut me harder that. And Mary goes, you called me pornography, sweetheart. And Monica gasped like, <gasps> and I, I gasped too. But then I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. You called me a pornography, sweetheart. And Whitney's like, I called you a what? A pornography. You said you were afraid for your family. You said all you, you know, you went all the way to the ground, Whitney. You told that whole group you want to take me down. I never have, Mary. You went to the dirt for me. Yes, you did. No, I did not. I never said that you did porn. I didn't say porn, little girl. You just said pornography. And then Mary goes, what did she call me, Heather? By the way, Heather is literally her hands are, her head is in her hands. We've all been there, but like literally does that. She goes, what did she call me, Heather? Heather lifts her head up and she's like, she called you a predator, a predator. Thanks, Heather. Heather shit can wasted, but still was able to throw Whitney under the bus. Yeah, you called me and my husband predators. I'm done with you, Whitney. And Mary goes to get out. And uh, they're like, Heather, are you okay? She's like, no, I'm not okay. And Monica goes, Heather is definitely not okay. The poor driver is opening the door and Whitney stays in there with her. And Monica goes, you know, listen, uh, Heather just tried to stand up and she couldn't. So she's asking to sit back down. And Heather's like, just go, God damn, leave me here. And Angie K is walking in with Mary and Angie goes, what a fun evening. Would you say it was a success? And Mary goes, I don't know. I don't know. And Heather goes, I feel very sick. I can't walk in. Please just shut the door. I'm scared. So all of a sudden it's like, now it's like a Blair Witch Project vibe. And she's like, I'm so sick. Uh, Whitney, just give me a basket to throw up in. 
And then we see the driver go to the driver's seat. And all of a sudden we hear banging, like Whitney's banging on the Sprinter van door, which we know we have cameras in, by the way. So we have, we have this at different angles. And the Whitney go, Whitney's banging, going, let me out. I need to get out. I've got to get out. The driver opens the door and Whitney goes, I have sympathy throw up. I can't do it. And she's like gagging. Whitney goes, but although it's brilliant too, because Whitney is smart enough to realize the camera needs a clear front facing shot. And we see Heather in all her glory. And she's like, I'm so embarrassed in front of everyone, man. And this is when we see her throwing up in a bag. But at the same time, when she throws up in a bag, it loosens that pelvic flooring. And we just see this steady yet forceful drip of, of, of pee coming out of her. And you probably, like I said earlier, you know, there's a little poopy in there too. And by the way, that little, her little B-boy hat fell off. And at first I mistook that for a shoe. So I thought she was peeing directly in the shoe, which I was like, well, that's nice. It's something to catch it. It's not going to really help, but it's like a nice thought. She's it looked like she's peeing under her hat, but she's just peeing on the floor. Just the hat fell off of her head. And that was it. It was so dramatic. So good. I did not see it ending there. And then next week, Whitney lets us know, like, I have got drag inspired makeup tonight. Cancel your glam. And Lisa's like, oh my God, poor Lisa Barlow. It was a great episode. What did you guys think? Sorry. I hope that was okay for you guys. I know it was a little all over the place. I'm a little rusty in recapping but I hope you had fun. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for supporting me with my first week at Betches. I don't know when you're listening to this, but if you're listening to this on Friday, remember, what do we always say? You're at a weekend, right? You're at an inflection point. This weekend is yours. You had a tough week potentially. This week is whatever you make it. So spend some time with your family, friends, call somebody and tell them you love them. I mean, don't don't make them feel weird. Like, But you know, say something nice. Eat something great. Drink something good. Dance like nobody's watching. I don't know. Dance with somebody. Who knows? Watch something on TV. Connect with nature. Read a book. Read a magazine. And then um, come here bright and early on Monday, and we'll be here for a pop culture roundup, and we're going to do it all over again. If you want to support this show, you know, five stars, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and that's it. I love you guys. Honestly, thank you for everything that you have done. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.